I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a little bit beaver. And together we love to smooch all the gals in town. All right, what a start to this new episode of Buff Coat and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead podcast. It's always good when you have a song in your heart and, uh, you know, other things. I don't know. I'm rambling and I don't care. I'm in a good mood. Here we are, season two, episode five. When this one wraps, Adam. We will be halfway through season two. Adam Kurtz says, here's my co-host. Just your thoughts. Did you think we'd make it this far? You know, I, I wonder if people will think we rehearsed that, but that was off the cuff. Yeah, it, it really was. I I, I, I I like to keep you on your toes, and, and you, you answered the call this time. Man. Thank you. I uh, did. I thought we would make it, and by golly, we have. It's uh, nothing, nothing standing in our way now. But as always, we got episodes and we got themes. This week's theme is Beavis and Butthead are involved in some type of phone line operation. That's a poorly written synopsis by yours truly, but I promise the rest of the episode will be better. The episodes we're talking about are one nine hundred Beavis and Crisis Line, a pair of season four episodes. Right as the show was starting to. Uh, Get into its peak, and um, well, that's a, that's a good. We we've got our Donnie and Marie references out of the way. What do you say we just get right into the show? Adam, the first one we're talking about, one nine hundred Beavis, aired April fourth, nineteen ninety seven. It was the ninth episode of season four, written by Christopher Brown, Mike Judge, and Joe Stillman, directed by Mike Judge and Mike DeSevi. The synopsis: Beavis and Butthead discover the joys. Of a phone sex hotline. Adam, you're up first. Thoughts on one nine hundred Beavis. So I uh, I enjoyed this episode much more than I thought I would. I, I there's a couple things um, that I will bring up uh, from season one. I think that connect to this. Um, I'll need your help on the exact episode, but uh, there were things that are similar that are a theme for me that I really enjoy the show. And this this uh, this had one of them. So uh, Beavis and Butthead are watching TV, and of course, they uh, see commercials for jobs uh, similar to to getting out of the hole they're in that they kind of ignore. And then they see the uh, sex line ad, which um, <laughs> again a staple of the '90s were those. You know, you get past the midnight, you get. We had one in our area. I don't know if you remember Clay. That was. Pick up the phone. <laughs> it was like three or four women singing. It was awful. Um, oh, there was one specific. Oh, what was it called? Like, oh, oh, I thought I was going to have a great reference here, but I don't remember the name of the line. But there were way more of those than there should have been, and I think we watched so much, we consumed so much television, probably still, but as as kids growing up that. Of course, those stuck in our mind. Um, so uh, Beavis and Butthead, of course, call it, and they basically are speechless. They might mutter. They, I think Butthead at one point said, she said something. Uh, 
<laughs> yes. Um, so then the the lady with the sensual voice on the lines like, "Would you like to know what I'm wearing?" And cut to just an absolutely <laughs> fantastic scene of they're in a trailer. Um, you've got a guy in a speedo smoking, and he's got those sunglasses that go over normal glasses on. Very Dale Gribble esque physique. Um, kind of a gut and skinny, but just smoking and hunched over on a chair. Um, and then you've got a kid with a misshapen head just standing next to this large, hairy, nasty woman. Um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just fantastic. And, um, it really reminded me, Clay, I, I don't, Harmony, Cormine, yes, um, his movie Gummo. I don't know if you ever saw Gummo. And rightfully so. That movie is disturbing. I, I I hated it, to be honest with you. But there's a very distinct feel. And I got kind of the animated, fun version of Gummo with uh, with that that scene. And that brought me back to the the shot of them looking at the udders from season one. Uh... Very similar, where I wasn't expecting to see this shot, and it really made me laugh out loud, and it was just perfect. So I really enjoyed just the picture uh, Mike Judge and company drew for you to see. You heard the central voice, and then you got to actually see where it was coming from. Um, Beavis and Butthead, undeterred, they they liked. They're still listening in. Um, <laughs> the lady on the line persisting. You know, what do you boys want? And just could you put the phone to your butt? <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, uh, a night passes where the lady kind of falls asleep or forgets that she's on the phone, and they're still listening through the night. And um, she suggests, with as much money as they've spent on that, start your own nine hundred number. So I don't—I think they go to the telephone company. Um, it almost seems like a bank, but they're going to a telephone company to start their own business. And uh, filling out the paperwork was too difficult when literally all they had to do was sign and date it. Um, so, so they gave up fairly easily. Um, and they just said they're going to go call from Stewart's instead. Um, they, the sex line chick uh, lady, she's snoozing. Uh, and Beavis and Butthead. Uh, they actually hope to hear her butt wind. Um, I, I, the shot did it for me of the actual, the sensual lady and her actual, um, living circumstances and her physical appearance were just fantastic. And, uh, the family that surrounded her was great. So I, I loved it. I, I, I can't imagine you, you're too far off there, Clay, but. Well, I want to talk about like that shot. Like it, it, it's such a rare thing. That something is both hilarious and terrifying, because <laughs> like first that was yeah absolutely I I it's a I guess I don't know if disappointing is the right word but yeah I'll, I that absolutely looks like the archetype for Dale Gribble and yeah, yeah. Dale I, I love like Dale's one of my all time favorite characters it was just kind of disappointing that the guy didn't say anything because <laughs> Dale is such a funny character but I mean it was a nice little Easter egg I, I love to, like because like. 
yeah, that kid is just standing. I mean, his head looks like a dustpan. And it's like, literally, it transitions from day to night, and nobody moves. Like, he's literally just standing there. And then you hear, I love that you hear his voice. It's just, hey, mommy, it's your phone set, man. <laughs> just a really nice, like, uh, cherry on top. And um, one thing, and there's, like, that. that's probably the best part, but there's some great stuff. Just their interaction with him. It's just, you see, this their pervy innocence is on full display here. Um, I, I love every time they do this, they just have a, a close-up of the two. And just you hear like the, hello. And you see like their eyes just explode. Like, just they're, they're so excited. And this is, uh, I mean, it's almost neck and neck. This might be one of my favorite parts too is... Um, she asks their name, and Beavis says, don't tell them our real names. And Butthead says, I'm Beavis, and he's Butthead. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, that's, I think that's like Butthead's version of being clever. And then I, I love the fact that not only that they, they put the phone, they have her put on the phone on her butt, the second she takes it away, but Beavis just goes, hey, 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 put it back! It's great. There's also there's a joke about Butthead saying, "I just inoculated." <laughs> there's so much funny stuff in there. It, I think it kind of it's a little top heavy. I mean, there's the, the the stuff of the 900 guy is not as memorable. It's just kind of like there to serve a purpose. And I I do like it's a nice touch. I wouldn't say it was like hilarious, but I do like the nice touch at the end. We do hear Beavis and Butthead's last conversation is being heard through the butt of the, uh, the, 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 the obese woman with curlers in a nightie in like, as she's just like zonked out, like full on, like yes. saw on logs. And in, in the, there's, there's yeah, just a lot of really funny stuff here. Yeah. She's got like band-aids all over her feet and bunions and like, it's, uh, so gross that, that you put it well of, hilarious and terrifying i couldn't agree more and is that i i don't remember yeah the, oh, the number was one nine hundred lick and it was 9.99 a minute now i <laughs> i i feel like i i almost part of me wishes we'd separated these because last week we talked about pornography and now we're into phone sex and you know we kind of discussed about like you know certain you know pornographic indulgences when we were kids i've never called a phone sex line um is not i i, I don't know that you have either but nine nine was it always not i felt like i remember it was like 99 cents a minute you know i i couldn't tell you either i i'd imagine i always i think i miss cleo would be like a, a, a i think a, a good measuring stick for cost too and i always feel like that was 4.99 a minute when that was big, you know, see your future. So I, I, I'm sure it was close. All I really remember is uh, the the phone sex uh, plot line from the movie Punch Drunk Love, which is a movie we've had a dispute over. That I accurately believe it's a masterpiece, and you didn't like it. But uh, I mean, do you remember anything like the phone sex element from that movie? I I couldn't. I'd have to watch it again and give it a fair shake. I probably hadn't seen that movie in 15 years or so. When, whenever it came out on probably VHS at the time. So. It's so good, Adam. Yes, I, that's that that's uh, yeah, that that's homework for everybody. Watch Punch Drunk Love, and we'll all get together in a virtual space and watch Punch Drunk Love and Gummo, and then we'll we'll swap stories. I haven't seen Gummo, so I can't. I, but but that's a uh, even though you said it was awful, maybe I'll. 
maybe I'll give her a chance. Um, music videos, Adam. Uh, we got a threefer this time around. We've got Blue by Eve's Plum, Put Me in Your Mix by Barry White, and Kiss Your Lips by Low Pop Suicide. What, if anything, stood out to you in this video collection? There's only one song that should be named Blue, and that's by I Six Eiffel 65, baby. I'm blue, die, booty. <laughs> Side note, um, if there are any Jayhawks fans listening, and they're like, what about that? Uh, let, let, let it know. Clay Cunningham says Blue by the Jayhawks. Also a good song. But, uh, uh, fair enough. Better than Eiffel 65's? It, you know, it's it's six of one, man. It's a uh, it's a uh, if, if you're in, if you're in a toe tap and dance type mood, I would go I sixty five. But if you're in a sort of folksy blues rock way, go the Jayhawks. But fair enough. Well, none, nonetheless, Clay Eve's Plum Blue. I enjoyed Beavis saying water, water in his fire, fire, um, fashion. Funny, just thinking of the elements that way and how dumb that controversy really was. Um. But did you know the lead singer of Eve's Plum, Colleen Fitzpatrick, is vitamin C. Put a smile on your face. Make the world a better place. Yes, so a little trivia about Eve's Plum. Uh, Colleen Fitzpatrick had a commercial success with vitamin C. And yeah, no problem. And then uh, Barry White put me on nothing... Uh, nothing too uh, interesting for me there, except that just how horny of a dude, and then they refer to Vikings. Um, low pop suicide kiss, uh, your, or I, whatever it was. Um, they referred to lesbians as Libyans, which I uh, got a kick out of, but uh, that's pretty much all I got from the music videos on this round. You? I, I like, like the low pop suicide one. I feel like there was definitely sort of like Mike Judge creeping in because so many of these were improv and by one point butthead just says i'm sick of videos like that, <laughs> yes it felt like him and yeah i do like that's more like just the innocence of there because yeah butthead says barry white's the horniest dude ever and butthead and beavis just comes out like yeah he should wear like a viking hat <laughs> and, and butthead just like how come every time i'm talking about chicks and stuff you just like don't get it <laughs> it's uh yeah it's just there's a lot i mean there's a lot, obviously, a lot of unsavory stuff with these guys, but it's just like stuff. Like, this episode and that in particular, like they're just such dumb kids. It's it's so hard to take them seriously, and that that's that's what I love about. That's a big thing I love about the show. Yep, that was uh, it was uh, it was a good one. I really enjoyed one nine hundred Beavis, but it's hard for me to hear one nine hundred without saying mix a lot right after it too. So. Well, we're going to take a break and let Adam kick those nasty thoughts, and uh, we will be back for our discussion of Crisis. One of them calls himself Butthole. The other one's name is Joe, I think. And, uh, what did these boys look like? I believe they were Orientals. Love coat for Beaver! Go back to Cincinnati! There's a little, uh... If you get one person who gets that, uh, it's all worth it. Everything we've done, 
like side note, if anybody from Disney Plus is listening, put Angels in your out on the outfield on your stupid streaming service already. Why is it not there? <laughs> like you have The Simpsons, you have Recess, everything else on there is garbage. Fundamentals in the middle of the season. <laughs> well, well, if if we, I mean. If we don't get back on track, this is going to turn into an Angel on the Outfield podcast. So you started it. I, I know I did, I, and, I, and I'm stopping it. I, I, but, but It was a good bit, but it's time to end. Anyway, uh, we're back for part two, Crisis Line. Adam, you've got the details. Lay it on the folks. Yeah, Crisis Line, as you said earlier, was in season four. It's episode 27, and it was directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. Christopher Brown and Mike Judge were the writers, and Beavis and Butthead are given positions as teen crisis phone counselors at their school and arrange to have sex with one of the students who calls them. Clayton, take it away. First of all, like, we've complained about, like, some bad synopsis here. That, I think that's the worst one. That's not what happened. I mean, like, because to arrange sex, I feel like, one party has to be like, hey, let's get together and have sex. And the other one would be like, okay, that's not at all what happened. I mean, we'll get into it, but that's... <laughs> We go off IMDb. I'm giving them what they, they tell me. I don't know who writes these, you know, is it? And I was I was perplexed by that, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff. I, I think this is a solid script. I think there's like, this is a really well-written episode. It, like, and they find like some creative ways to get Beavis and Butthead in a situation that they wouldn't get into. Like it all starts, they're asleep in Mr. Van Driesen's class, and he's talking about the benefits of this teen crisis line, and he just makes mention of the word sex, and immediately just you get it like, oh, like Beavis and Butthead come away. <laughs> and right as he raised, that's right as he's about to ask for volunteers. So of course, yeah, they raise their hand to. Um, so it's it's a nice organic way to get them onto a teen crisis line which normally they'd have nothing to do with i also love and this we'll, we'll come back into it like the last thing van Driesen says is he tells them to try to be polite to the callers and then he leaves and then um, we get uh some good stuff like when they start taking calls so I, I mentioned in the last one we get the great shot of like the eyes shooting open um, when the lady talks and that happens again with butthead has like a flat like just like a flat look on his face and then the girl just said all the other girls are growing breasts and then just boom <laughs> and, and mine aren't growing and then he gets like hey this chick's flat and she hangs up um, and I mean just oh what perfect timing like on the day that Beavis is answering phones that Stuart calls in to talk about how he wets his bed and I love how Beaver, it's just, it's just like, um, is this, is this, uh, hey, Stuart. <laughs> and, then, and just like the immediate, just Stuart, like, oh, God. <laughs> it just, it's just, oh, that poor kid. And it's just, God, it's, but it's, it's so damn funny. <laughs> just his misadventures because of, just, it's so fitting that that's the day he would have called. Uh, but that leads into the crux of the episode. Um, a girl calls in to talk to Butthead and discusses how her rude boyfriend is pressuring her into sex uh, when she's not ready. And this gets, we get, so we literally see the wheels turning in, in Butthead's head. He remembers Van Driesen saying, be polite. So his response is to, 
uh, yeah, you need to dump him and then uh, have sex with the first guy you see who's polite at school the next day. <laughs> and then, uh, like, he hangs up, and um, we get, um, we cut to the very next day. They're in Van Driesen's class, and um, he, he mentions it, and uh, we get what I think is a really funny exchange that I'm going to play right now. Beavis and Butthead. Why don't you share with the class what you learned working on the crisis line? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, may I? Uh, yeah, after you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please, you first. <laughs> uh, she's not here. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> I love it's just... I guess, like, you'd call it, like, an instance of they know the words, but they don't know the music, basically. And I just love it. It's just in their head. Like, they've just picked up these general, like, niceties and believe that just, like, spewing them with no context is going to make some girl swoon. We get more stuff, too. And this is another one. This has kind of been something that's been popping up in a lot of episodes is just Beavis being indoctrinated with these Burger World slogans. And um, at one point, like, where there's a girl in the cafeteria, and they knock over a tray, and uh, he, <laughs> he said, sorry for the inconvenience, I'll go get a mop. <laughs> and, but of course, that's the girl who uh, called, and uh, she has ne- none of it, and her boyfriend's right behind, and uh, he beats Beavis and Bethead up naturally, and um, their arranged sexual encounter just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, uh, thank you, drive through. We heard that again. We heard that, I think, uh, it's a recurring Beavis and Burger World uh, nicety, as you put it. Yeah, the boyfriend uh, tossed them against the wall, and they were still polite, <laughs> even when they got their butts kicked. Um, I liked how there was zero training. It was literally Van Driesen. <laughs> Just talking to them for maybe two minutes and saying, be nice, and for God's sakes. But I don't think he said that, but that was the sentiment of just be polite. Um, <laughs> when in a real situation, like, you'd have to go through months of training or, like, various classes, and they just toss these guys in. <laughs> it's, the whole premise was fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Clay, but somebody actually needs help at the end, and Butthead just tells him to shut up. Yeah, and that's, I want to say, I, I, I really enjoy everything. Like, this is one instance where I, I don't like the ending at all. I found it very mean-spirited. Because, like, what happens is, like, this girl calls to say that she's taken a lot of pills, and, yeah, Butthead tells her, shut up. And then, like, they hang up and they call, and it's just so they can call 1-900-NUDITY, and that's how it ends. And I, it's one of those, I don't know, like, believe me, I'm not advocating, like, oh, Beavis and Butthead needed to be sensitive to, because, of course, that, that's completely dishonest with, the, like, this, the, the realm of the show. Like, the, I love that Beavis and Butthead never learned their lesson because they, they, they don't have the capacity and like, and I'm not offended by like dark jokes. I mean, I'll just put this out there. You know this. I've had significant depression issues for much of my life, and I joke about them all the time. And I just, I don't. It, it just, I don't know your feeling. It just rubbed me wrong. I, I just kind of, I, I don't know what I. 
like maybe extend the videos or maybe move the Stuart thing to the end because that was really fun. I just kind of, it, it, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I feel like I'm being the uptight prude here on an otherwise episode that I think is great, but it's just, uh, I, I thought that was to me. I can understand that. I uh, I can understand that completely. I think uh, I'm not giving him a free pass, and I'm not indicting him like you said here. Uh, I think it's a different time, too, when uh, maybe mental health and those types of things. I, I wasn't uh, flabbergasted, but it wasn't it wasn't funny. If that it wasn't funny, it too, yeah, because there's there's a couple episodes because we even talked about in our. Um our discussion of patsies because that's that's really dark at the end but it's also like even it, you, you kind of feel like a little gross but it is still kind of funny and yeah i, I guess maybe just yeah, if, if, it, if it had been because i'm okay like being off put if something's funny but it's just kind of like you know this it's an instance like there's a girl in serious trouble who did nothing and just kind of it, it, it's an icky feeling but um, sure yeah, the Stuart peeing the pants thing was absolutely fantastic. You end with that, you you probably keep him one more there. Um, I agree. So there was music videos, Clayton. And um, boy, were there. Danzig with Mother 93. James with Say Something. And I think it was, was it Mother's Day out and locked? Yes. Yes. So your thoughts on the music videos? Like we're coming at, <clears throat> there are two songs here that I'm I really enjoy that got polar opposite reactions. I'll start. You know I'm not a big Danzig fan, but dude, Mother rocks. That's okay. like I, I am all I agree with them. Like they made a point because this is the second music video, and they pointed out, and like they did also like yeah, this song's so good they needed two music videos, and it's. Um, it's just it's it, it, it's I, I I'm a huge huge fan of this song and I think it's also kind of brave. At one point they suggest that Glenn Danzig, who is like a notorious psychopath, um, that he would get beaten up by Danny Bonaducci. That seems oddly like I don't know if there's a story about Glenn Danzig showing up to Beavis and Butthead Studio looking to beat up Mike Judge, but uh, from what I've heard, that's that's like a possibility. Um, and this is this is a different this is a different one. Where I always say, like, if something's funny, I over, I'll, I'll forgive like lapses in logic. I'm gonna say they are straight up wrong about "Say Something" by James. That is a great song. Like, I genuinely, oh. I genuinely love that song. And it's kind of a, well, this is kind of like a sort of thing. It's it, it, it's a song that really deals with like depressive issues, and it's it's one that I have listened to in the past. And so I want to sit here and be like, oh, oh, man, I just, oh, they got it wrong. But I can't because, dude, Butthead is on fire in this video. He's so hysterically fun. Like, at one point, like, Beavis notices that there's fake gorillas. And, the, like, they're just saying, like, there's a gorilla cage. And Beavis knows they're fake. And Butthead says, yeah, they had to get fake ones because, like, they knew real gorillas wouldn't listen to this crap. <laughs> Which is a great line, and then the best one was like Beavis asks who this is, and but it's like it's James, and he's like James who, and but it's a his parents asked him not to use their last name because it's like he sucks. <laughs> it's just like damn it, like that's that's really funny. 
I wrote that down as well. And, Beavis and even calls them butt off. knockers too, which is we know from the previous <laughs> one. So just well, I I, I want to get like, am I lame for liking that? Because I I I really love that song. You know, I don't know that song that well. I, I, I so I, that's one of the first times I've heard it, if not the first time I heard it. Um, or at least it was identified to me, so it's never stood out. But I'll give her a listen. Okay, it's it's but, it's much more to my taste than it is yours, but yeah, I'm 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 really fond of it. I did like uh, where they that line about his parents not wanting to use his name, but he did finish it up. But then they hugged him. <laughs> what a wuss! <laughs> Called butt knockers and a channel change, so they really didn't like it. Uh, yeah, Mother's Day out. Any thoughts there? Just the the one point. Uh, butthead saying that this was like a cross between Stone Temple Pilots and just a bunch of regular guys, <laughs> which seemed weirdly like mean, but also like I, I don't know, there's something really funny about that line too. You know? I think um, if you've got a guy with a one strapped overall in your band, though, you gotta go out out of here. That's very unappealing. I mean, what? I don't know, but uh, we also got a butthead leg lift fart, so a point in the Bob Kurtz column. I know he will uh, enjoy that, so yes. <laughs> Send him the link right away. Um, all right, uh, best episode. Adam, what do you got? One nine hundred Beavis for me from that shot of uh, the trailer that the... Uh, phone vocalist is working in it that was just over the top it just straight cut to it over the top it was fantastic i will say crisis line where uh, they were spouting out the pleasantries did give that episode some punch but man that one nine hundred beavis that shot did it for me i i loved it it's one of my favorite just uh literal it's one of my favorite shots of the of all the episodes we've done so far I, I I wholeheartedly agree. That's just uh, it is it's it's funny and creepy simultaneously. Um, yeah, I'm going one nine hundred Beavis too. Like I don't, I I really don't want to give off the impression that I don't like Crisis Line as a whole. Like because the end because it's it's really fun. Like yeah, that scene in the classroom is just it, it's great. It's really funny and it's well written. It's just kind of like yeah, the ending that I I probably would go with one nine hundred Beavis anyway for a lot of the reasons you did. I mean just. The first five, the first three or four minutes of that episode are just one big laugh after another, and then mm-hmm. I think, yeah, kind of the clincher was, yeah, I didn't like the Crisis Line ending. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, we're in agreement again after our contentious disagreement on Cyberbutt and Walkathon last week. We're back on the same page. Feud subsided. Yeah, we almost got into a literal fight. Yeah, thank God we lived two thousand miles apart. Oh, I was steamed. Yeah. Bone after bone would have been broken, but, um, well, um, as always, we'd like to hear from you, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us by email at buffcodeandbeaverpod at gmail.com, or on Facebook at buffcodeandbeaverpod, or on Twitter at buttholeandjoe. We will, I mean, that's, once this ends, Adam, we were on the second portion of season two, and coming up next week... Uh, we're going to dive in another, uh, supporting character, uh, uh, group. We're going to be talking about the characters Lolita and Tanqueray. Yeah. And her, uh, you know, sexualized objects for the boys, um, in the episodes Date Bait and Teen Talk. 
we're on the back nine of season two. I we and uh, we had our first. I don't know if it was our first. It wasn't our first Facebook comment, but we did have some stories shared on Facebook too. So, as you mentioned, you can if you've got a relating story, we'd love to hear. Then we uh, we'll maybe bring it up at a later time. Uh, Todd Ianucci as his. Uh, uh, <laughs> Is a profile picture, and I just ever since I learned that his his last name was Ianucci, I've loved saying the full name of that character. But uh, yes, we we take any comments we can get. We love interacting with you, the best damn fans in all podcast land. Until next time, Clay Cunningham, Adam Kurtz. This has been the Golden Beaver.